little disclaimer that I, Mystic, am an employee of Wizards of the Coast on the D&D team. of Fival. There are three days left until the summer solstice. Start of summer. The start of Berm. The spicy, hot season. And the sun is shining and it's nice 70 degrees. Cool breeze off the coast. As Morgus is heading into town. You tell me what Morgus is doing. What is the goal for this trip to town? I think, um... I think he's probably walking up a street toward the castle, sort of away from the water. So he's kind of feeling that breeze come up from the back. And he'll just sort of lift a hand, just sort of feel the air a bit. And as he turns his hand palm up, Bitsy will sort of materialize, sort of as a blur before she coalesces and he'll release her up into the air. I'll let her sort of watch as she uh, just rides the eddies a little bit, drifting like a balloon up toward the castle. And um, I think in his hand is probably um, a bit of like white cotton cloth probably that's been tied up and there's it, it's a bundle of something and it's got this you know he'll, he'll kind of um with his, his the the opposite hand he'll be almost subconsciously manipulating it and it's got this metallic or um like metal on stone like like pieces or gadgets or something um and then eventually i think he'll probably find uh, a place where he can just grab something refreshing to drink with a work surface with a nice view to settle down and um he'll sort of undo this cloth and take out his little tool set in that metal orb. Um, and there's some um, various components in the cloth. He'll undo his orb and open it up. And uh, given to him by Thedonis was 
some uh, like bright as like almost like molten silver uh, mithril wire and then a, a sapphire that looks raw, but it has sort of a shorn face to it that's been very highly polished. So when you hold it up to the light, there's this oval that looks into the stone. And as it catches the light from the back, the natural rough facets sort of twinkle a little bit. And he will start working on a setting for that so he can add it to his sphere. Yeah. You're sitting at this table, this little cart that pops up around this time of year. There's picnic tables outside mm. and it's covered and it's like a lemon shakeup cart, like from county fairs, yeah. but um, <laughs> less sugar <laughs> and more like lemonade. Um, yeah. And it's refreshing. And as you're seated there, you see this donkey drawn cart kind of pull up to the road next to you. And this woman pops out of the driver's seat on top of the cart, this rounded barrel looking cart with chimes and feathers and makes a little bit of noise as it wanders up. And she's wearing these bells and beautiful, colorful dress um, with shawls and wraps and she heads up to the stand and orders a lemonade. And you recognize this woman as the person who played the flute to calm the pseudo dragons on your way to Wimston. Hmm. And as you look at her, you remember that Philip had mentioned she is an expert in divination and love spells. I think Morgus will just... He doesn't stop his work, but um, he's practiced enough with making these settings that his, uh, his hands can sort of manipulate the wire around that sapphire and um, he's got a couple other rings and gadgets, and he'll he'll just continue manipulating the wire as his eyes will follow her, and um, sort of through his beard, his his cheeks will perk up a little bit, and his eyes will squint as there's a there's a smile there. I think as Morgus um, just remembers who this person is, and uh, sort of look up as as Bitsy is sort of still riding the eddies and they'll make eye contact and Bitsy will sort of drift down and then sort of flutter and do like a little bit of an owl head bounce while looking up at Morgus. And then he'll just wink at Bitsy and Bitsy will then sort of flutter over to either the edge of the cart or wherever the woman settles down. Yeah, she's sort of sat at a table a little across yeah. the way from you. Bitsy yeah. will sort of fly down and just sort of hop onto the table and do a little owl bob and kind of jump about a little bit. Well, hello there, dear. She sort of 
ruffles her feathers a little bit. Who do you belong to? She flies off toward Morgus, and Morgus just sort of raises his drink to the woman. So the woman stands up and walks over to you and sits across from you on the picnic table style seating that's here. She sets her drink down. Hello. Oh. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. It's a fine day. I've got a good drink and something to keep my hands busy. So it's it's a fine day. Hmm. I believe I recognize you from the road to Wimston. There's a patch of uh, two dragons you passed along the way as you were uh, uh, soothing them. Mm-hmm. That's, They're a um, prickly bunch. <laughs> Aye, that they are. So young Ziba found out, at least. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your help that day, of course. Can I help you again? Hmm. You know, I believe you might be able to. Um, I hear from one Philip of Wimston that you're a practitioner of divination magic. That is true. I'm I'm also uh, a wielder of the arcane and but not to put too fine a point of it I've been uncovering some memories as of late hmm. and I am having trouble working out exactly what they mean there's a deep magic that lingers around you. You as well, to be polite. No, Thank I you. Mean, I think. I mean, there's a deep magic that acts as a cage around you. Sorry. Um, and as, as he's saying that, almost as she says that, Morgus's hands have been working this whole time as he has worked out the setting, set the gemstone in his orb, and sort of he, there's this metallic chunk, like a lock, sort of as she says that. And then there's this sort of uh, sapphire blue glow in uh, from from the orb, like it is n not uh, not unlike it to do. And uh, his eyes sort of correspond. He he doesn't really register this, but 
free of charge. And she stands and, and motions for you to follow her to her wagon. <sighs> he'll sort of look down at Bitsy on the on the table where she flitted back to, and he'll sort of gesture with his chin a little bit, and she'll sort of flit to his shoulder as he then puts... He goes to put the orb in the bag, but he hesitates and just kind of holds it a bit as he as he follows. Yeah. You she opens the arch door. There's a small couple of stairs that she pulls down from the bottom of the cart and you head inside. And as you head inside, she removes the shawl from her head and you see this beautiful waterfall of orange fiery red curls um this stark stripe of freckles across her face and her arms as she takes off her cloak as well and and places it on a hook and interior is full of like rugs and there's a small circular table and there's all these different things hanging on the the outsides there's like bones and dice and boxes of different cards and she sits down um, at um, in a chair at the far end of the wagon and again just kind of motions for Morgus to sit at the chair across from her um, she has this bundle of herbs um, that she begins to light and it looks like um, like mugwort um, some kind of dried <clears throat> mugwort type of substance as it hits Morgus's nose kind of gets a little lightheaded I think Morgus would notice like a a shift in the energies of the wagon for sure as this mildly somewhat psychedelic herb enters (laughs) the, the airspace um She, this woman pulls a bag um, off of the wall, a velvet bag, and starts moving its contents inside in her hand. Um, And you hear the like clicking, clacking of bone, hitting bone inside the bag. What do you want to know? I think Morgus sort of weaves a little bit and hit like sort of squint one eye and <coughs> um <sighs> I want to know why I feel such a deep sense of loss. Hmm closes her eyes and continues to roll the contents of the bag around in her hand and then quickly pours it into a wooden tray on the table and you see different bones of all different shapes um, as well as small pieces of bone that almost look like scales or the back of um, like the lumbar of a creature that have these carved shapes in them. 
she studies these runic symbols and these bones and looks up at you. You've forgotten someone you once loved. Your heart knows what your head does not. I, um... What sort of love? Does it matter? I suppose not. Not if it's gone. Um... says you're very powerful and very important <laughs> and that something is stopping you something is holding you back his eyes sort of uh, his eyelids sort of flutter a bit and he starts to look upward can I remove it I cannot divine that She picks up the tray and dumps the contents back in the bag and says, Whom is this loss for? She twists the bones about. She looks directly at you for some indication of like yes or no to continue with this question. He he, he will he will nod same ritualistic experience of scrying happens as she moves mm -hmm. the bones and runes about in this bag and dumps them into the tray. They do not exist, and yet they are here. How does that make any? <laughs> does the letter Z ring a bell? Um. Uh, Morgus is going to try to remember, I think. Give me a con save. If that does, yeah. Uh, 24. Yeah, you save as you get this flash of memory as you're back in this school, but standing outside it, there's swamp and jungle all around. And there's a plaque next to this big set of green-hued doors. It says the College of Zol. 
This is the second time that Morgus has interacted with that name. But as you see that, you see this large Loxodon figure open the door. You look around, you're surrounded by people. And everyone's clapping and cheering. And they're wearing ornate robes, but simple in that blue and white and gold. And as this Loxodon figure steps up to a podium, they begin to give a speech. And Morgus is back in his chair. And <laughs> as you come back into your chair, you remember the Book of the Old Gods. And finding the name Zol there. And that yes. is where we're going to leave Morgus. Mm -hmm.